1: Well, listen, we are in a season of grace for growth. You've heard me say that over and over now. I prophesied it. It just came out of my mouth about two months ago during a service. We're in a season of grace for growth. And we've talked about hindrances, the growth, that victim mentality. We've talked about different sorts of, uh, you know, what is grace. But the most important growth that we can get in our lives or see in our lives is spiritual growth. It's spiritual growth. See, listen, everything starts from the inside. All change starts from the inside. When you got born again, it was your spirit that got born again. It was the inside that changed. And we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It all comes from the inside out. Tell your neighbor, say, change comes from the inside out. And so because change comes from the inside out, as we grow in the spirit, some of the things that bothered us in past seasons won't bother us anymore. Some of the things that scared us in past seasons won't scare us anymore. We must grow in the spirit. The Lord said in his word to be strong in him and the power of his might. But to get strong in him, we have to do certain things. We have to practice certain disciplines. We have to engage in self-control. Father, I thank you today for the anointing of the Spirit of God it is the anointing that breaks the yoke we thank you Lord today that you give us eyes to see ears to hear and a heart to understand what you are saying and even as Dakota pray Lord let us not be familiar with your word to the point that we hold it in contempt that we disregard it that we do not do what it says because we think that we know a thing and that's good enough God we want to be knowers and doers so that we can grow in you we thank Thank you Lord in Jesus name Lord I, I I I submit myself to you as a vessel and I ask you to use my mouth speak through me and let your voice be the loudest that we hear today in Jesus name amen so when you grow spiritually see, listen it's the <laughs> I love the gifts of the Spirit how many of you like to see the Holy Spirit move and and manifest with his gifts amen we love the gifts of the Spirit but the reality is it's not all about the gifts It's about the fruit because the gifts without the fruit will end up leading you sometimes into deception I know a lot of people that have gifts they exercise gifts But you sit in the back room in the green room is what we call it after the service or before the service and their fruit is rotten They're talking about other preachers. They're gossiping some of them cuss. It's a bad situation going on out there the gifts without the fruit don't mean a lot in the end. The Lord, the gifts are there. The gifts and callings are without repentance. The Lord wants you to grow up in the Spirit so that when you exercise your gifts in public, your private life matches. You also manifest the fruit of the Spirit. It's not all about the gifts, it's about the fruit. And when you grow spiritually, you'll be more peaceful, more joyful, more prosperous. You know, and even if you're broke, if you're dealing with financial issues, there's something, it doesn't mean you're broken on the inside, but there's something on the inside that has to change. There's something that has to click. There's revelation that you need. You need more strength maybe to resist the devil. See, the Bible says in James 4, verse 7, to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee but you need spiritual strength spiritual growth to resist long and strong some of you have been dealing with spiritual warfare for a long time you've had a season of spiritual warfare and you're getting weary when you grow in the spirit when you when you attain spiritual growth you can resist stronger and longer you won't grow weary as quickly so how many of you have convinced that we need to grow in the spirit amen I want your buy I want you to agree that we need this this needs to be an aim and a goal in our life if we don't understand that we need to do something we won't do it we have to press in we have to understand listen you got to catch yourself growing catch yourself growing it encourages me when I see that I've grown examine your heart see where you are now set some spiritual goals and catch yourself growing we were in the airport yesterday coming back from Ohio and it's clear as day Group one lines up here group two lines up here well wouldn't you know this lady comes and just cuts right in front of me in group two and not only did she cut in front of me bless God she let two other people in front of her now five years ago I would have been like oh. I'd have been making all kinds of noises under my breath. Can't she see? Is she blind? What is wrong with this woman? I would have said it on the inside, but I would have been boiling. I can't believe. It. What does she think? Does she that it? it doesn't apply. And I would have been like all huffing and puffing on the inside. But guess what? I caught myself growing. Praise God. Because when she cut in front of me, I said, eh, whatever. And then she let the other people and I said, well, okay. And then, I, I, <laughs> And then she turned around and she said to me, I'm sorry that I couldn't in front of you I didn't realize I was in the wrong line and I said oh that's okay we're all going to the same place amen and I'm so proud of myself somebody give me a good pat on the back amen <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I said, bless God, I've grown. It feels good when we catch ourselves growing, but we have to do the work. Too many Christians are like babies in the spirit. When my daughter was was a baby, she would go from fine to hungry, like zero to six. It was like, like three seconds. She would not give me any notice. There would not be any sort of workup. All of a sudden, she was screaming bloody murder until she got her baba. I'm here to tell you today, some Christians are screaming bloody murder every time the devil says boot they're screaming every time they don't get what they want they're crying and whining and moaning and groaning because mama didn't give them the toy they wanted for Christmas I don't know but we've got to grow up we're not supposed to live on milk we're supposed to graduate to the meat hallelujah we've got to get strong in the Lord and we don't get strong in milk that's for when you first get saved that's when your food is pre digested now we've got to chew on a thing we've got to grow in Jesus name amen we've got to do it amen how strong are you? How strong are you? If you want to find out how strong you are, you can ask yourself these questions. How strong are you? How ask yourself how selfless are you? How selfless are you? If you're mature in the spirit, you'll be selfless, preferring the Bible says, be ye selfless, preferring others. And so if we're always preferring ourselves if we always have to have our way we're like little babies (laughs) give me what I want (laughs) throwing tantrums we can't be we got to be selfless (laughs) number two how much are you willing to sacrifice how much are you willing to sacrifice for somebody else what price are you willing to pay for somebody See, as parents you'll understand this because as parents for your children you're always making sacrifices why because you love them you make sacrifices because you love them you go without something that you need if you if you don't only have X amount of dollars you go without something that you need so that they can have sometimes not even what they need but what they want because you love them you sacrifice for them but how much are you willing to sacrifice for the sake of Christ because you love him it's a sign of spiritual maturity when you're willing to sacrifice something that you want To do something that he wants when we were in Asia just recently there was a man of God and he gave me a word and he said you're looking at some of the wrong places and and I was wrestling with that in my spirit because I thought that he I was I was afraid actually that he was saying that I should go to Asia instead of London and I really had my heart set to go to London to plant in England to work there in Great Britain that's what I wanted to do and I sat there thinking to myself wow am I gonna have to give up London am I gonna have to start going to Asia remember in Asia I gain weight in London I lose weight So this is both a desire of the heart and a a caution for my belly. I I I didn't know like what he meant, but I came to the conclusion, well, if I've got to give up London, then I'll have to give up London because it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. And if we're not willing to sacrifice our needs and our physical comfort and our whatever, then we're not mature enough yet. We still need to grow. How strong are you? How much are you willing to serve? Uh Uh-oh, did I just say a dirty word? In today's church culture, it seems like if you come once a month, you consider yourself a member and you want all, I'm not necessarily talking to you. I'm talking about church culture. And if you come once a month, you're a member. You want all the benefits of being a member, but you don't lift a finger to help. People don't, you know, pick up a piece of trash off the floor. They don't do anything. They just want to be entitled to do it. But what do, how much do you serve? Are you serving others? Are you serving the Lord? Are you obeying him when he says, get up and pray? Oh look how quiet it is this morning is the Holy Spirit convicting somebody hallelujah I don't know how much are you willing to submit to God how much are you willing to submit to God even when he asks you to do something you don't like how strong are you if you're strong if you're really strong in the Lord then you'll submit submit yourself to God resist the devil if you're not submitted to God you'll never have enough strength to submit the devil to, to uh, whoa, gosh what did I say if you're not submitted to God you'll never have enough strength to resist the devil you won't you cannot successfully resist the devil if you don't submit to God because you have an open door and he's just gonna be right there to walk through it and pound on you you won't be able to do it and then how much are you willing to suffer for doing his will how much are you willing to suffer that's another dirty word Christ suffered on the cross he suffered for you he kept his eyes on the prize you were the prize he suffered for you and in this life there will be suffering but how do we take our suffering there was a man uh, his, I cannot remember his name anymore he's a famous guy he was in the Holocaust he was in prison and and, and he was a doctor he was he was a well-known doctor and, and he was Jewish and they put him in prison and he, it was Victor Frankel, and they, and he said, and, and he, 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 they, they stripped him of everything. He, he lost his wife, he lost his family, he lost everything, and he was imprisoned. And when he finally got out, he, they said, "How did you make it through?" And he said, "Well, they could take everything from me, but they couldn't take my attitude." He said, "I suffered severely. I went hungry. I was in pain. They beat me, but they couldn't." take my attitude. I kept a good attitude and so when we're suffering, if you're strong in the Lord, you'll keep a good attitude. you'll maintain your joy, you'll keep your peace if you're strong in the Lord and you'll treat people right even when they're not treating you right. I was in a conference one time and at this conference um, we, we'd gotten there and we were unpacking books. And, and the, the host of the conference said to me, uh, will you come and, and, and let's pray before it starts? I said, OK, I will. But I'm going to I'm going to wait for Vanessa because I didn't want her to get stuck out there and, you know, unpacking all those books and everything. So it's going to take about two minutes. The lady got so offended because I just asked her just to wait two minutes. Well, I mean, she got so offended, so offended she just walked away. We didn't know where we were supposed to go. We didn't understand if we were supposed to go in stay out We thought we were just she was just waiting on us pray. We walked in to the meeting and she just had the stank face wouldn't look at me I'm like all through worship just like sour and bitter and I'm like dear Lord Now I'm supposed to get up and preach in this and it was bad, and her people were, were, were cold and hard, and I was like, she didn't even, when it was time for me to get up, she didn't even, de- she didn't even introduce me, she just like handed me the mic. I'm like, wow, you, it's customary when you go somewhere to, that they introduce you when you're a guest speaker, they say something nice about you so that the people know who you are, and it builds their faith to receive from you, it's just called honor. And I was like, wow, this is something. And, you know, I'd been asking the Lord all through worship because she was really mistreating me. And she was creating an atmosphere of just witchcraft with all of this. And I'm like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have just muscled through it. I would have gritted my teeth. I would have just sent, I would have just preached a nice message and just tried to get out of there alive. But the Lord during worship gave me, uh, I said, Lord, give me a strategy to break this. Because I know this woman must have been hurt before. To get so offended over something so little. And I said, Lord, give me a strategy. And he gave me a prophetic word. So when she gave me the mic, first thing I did was I honored her in front of all of her people and the entire conference and said, what a strong woman, Lord. And then I prophesied over her what the will of the Lord was. And she just became like jelly and just began to weep and cry. And then after that, it broke open the whole atmosphere. It was one of the best messages I ever preached. But see, it wasn't just about that woman. It was about all the people that came to see me. So it doesn't matter if I'm mistreated. It doesn't matter if the host is disrespectful. It doesn't matter if I have to plow through witchcraft. I'm a servant of the Lord, an ambassador for Christ. And I've got to go through that because the character is more important than the gifts. Amen. So we have to grow. And I know that you're not, most of you preachers, you do other things, but the same principle applies. So no matter how strong you are, you can be stronger. No matter how strong you are, you can be stronger. I don't know if I'll get through all these today, but we're going to get through as many as we can. Read. uh, Here's some things that we need to do. Number one, read through the Bible in a year. You want to get stronger, here are some suggestions. If you want to get stronger in the Lord, here are some suggestions. Number one, read through the Bible in a year. You know I, I up until I think five years ago and i had been saved about 20 years up until about five I hadn't even read through the whole entire Bible there were just certain parts I didn't want to read oh don't look at me all religious I bet most of y'all hadn't read the whole thing either there are just certain parts like the like the begats I would just breeze through the begats you know the begats and so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so baguettes. It's like 12 pages of begats. so and I would just breeze through that you know, there's just certain part, but, you know, I decided, you know, I'm going to read through this Bible in a year. And it's really helpful when you do that because it helps you put the entire gospel message in context. You see things in scripture that you didn't even know that were there. You hear all these sayings people say in the world that they actually came from the Bible, you know, and it's like for Christ's sake. They say that in a negative term. But that actually, it's like for Christ's sake, we were set free. And so you see all these things that you wouldn't have known. You discover truth you didn't learn. And then it helps you get in the daily habit of reading the word. Try to read through the Bible in a year. And then number two, don't just read the word. You want to get strong. Don't just read it. Meditate on it. Don't just read it. You can read something and have no comprehension. You can read something and forget what you just read because your mind is somewhere else. Don't just read the word, engage with it, meditate on it. Joshua 1 verse 8 says that the Lord told him to meditate on the word day and night and be careful to do all that it says, and then you'll find good success and make your way prosperous don't just read it don't just glass over it don't just rush through it meditate on it faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God meditating on the word build your faith and it renews your mind 12 Romans 12 12 do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So how do you meditate on the word? Because for years I heard everybody saying, especially because I came up out of the word of faith movement, like second generation. I came through Rayma Bible College, and they were always talking about meditating on the word. Well, what does that mean, though? What? How do you actually do that? The word meditate is actually the same word for, uh, for a, like when a cow chews cud. You ever seen a cow? I'm giving you a picture because I want you to remember this. And actually what a cow does is a cow digests it and then spits it back up and chews it again. I know it's gross, right? But now you're going to remember it. Now you're going to remember. This is how you meditate on the word. You chew it up and then you chew it some more. And when you've chewed it to nothing, you chew it again. You keep on meditating on it. Pick a scripture. Read it over and over, emphasizing a different word each time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can do. And so you go along these lines and it gets in you and it changes you and it strengthens you. Another thing with meditating, imagine the scene you are reading in Scripture. I like to, you know, God gave us a holy imagination. And and I like to see, like... You know, when Paul ran into the girl with the spirit of divination and she was crying out, these are men of the most high God, you know, making a way for the Lord. I like to just see that scene of her following him and him turning around after many days and saying, come out, you spirit of divination. I like to imagine the scene. It helped. We're visual creatures. God made us visual creatures. So if you imagine the scene, you'll remember it. But use the scripture. Don't freelance. Don't just think whatever you want amen that's what the New Agers do number three ask God questions about the word while you're reading it ask God questions while you're reading the word ask him ask him questions I'm reading you know the book of Jonah and here's Jonah in the belly of a whale and I'm like Lord what you know how how did how did how did you sweep him up and why did you spit him out and and how you know what was he thinking but I just asked the Lord questions does he always answer me no but it causes me to to to, to think I'm actually processing what I'm reading intentionally try to memorize scripture I'd memorized entire passages of scripture when I was younger and younger in the Lord entire passages and you know um, Marilyn Hickey has uh, you know who Marilyn Hickey is She's endorsed a couple of my books, and she's a great woman of God. She goes into Muslim nations and sees mass salvations and healing, and she's like 80-something. She's incredible. It's just incredible. She memorized the entire book of Revelation, and that's a hard book. That's not like, you know, it's not like a a short book. It's a long book. She memorized the entire book of Revelation, and she's memorized, from what I understand, all the Psalms as well. Can you imagine? That's like walking, talking Bible encyclopedia. Just memorized it. It's crazy. But you know what? She's strong in the Lord. She is like, I think she's 86 years old, travels like anything, has a TV show, writes all these books, preaches all over, works in signs and miracles. She's strong in the Lord. That is the product of meditating on the word, one of them. And then turn scripture into first person prayers to God. So, for example, when Paul prays, and the, Paul prays what they're called the apostolic prayers. They're in Ephesians, they're in Colossians, uh, Philippians, uh, the, the epistles that he wrote to the churches. And one of them is, he says, um, I pray that you may be strengthened in your inner man, that you may know the hope of his calling, and all these things. And so you turn that into a first-person prayer. I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen me in my inner man. And so, you know, pray the scriptures that that Jesus prayed, That Paul prayed he these ones prayed prayers for the church pray those over yourself that's meditating on the word now number three don't just read the Bible don't just meditate on the Bible how about studying the Bible what's the difference it's different when you study than when you read it's different than when you study than when you meditate study the Bible I have to study the Bible because I'm a teacher and my whole life, I've had to study the Bible because I'm a writer and an editor, and I had to check scriptures, I had to study to write books, and so I've been at an advantage in learning and growing in the Spirit because I've been, by force of my, by virtue of my career, I had to study the Bible. So I got to study the Bible all day. I'm blessed, amen? Amen. I got paid to study the Bible, and that also, praise (laughs) the Lord. It was a good thing, but it made me strong. But what do you do? Look up. Look up what these words mean. I don't care how many, you know, get different translations. You go on BibleGateway.com and read just about any translation you want. Look at the different translations. Get into interlinearbible.com and look at some of these Greek words and these Hebrew words. Look and see what they really mean. What is God really saying? Because sometimes the translators just don't get it right. Study it. Find out what that word means that has struck you, and especially when God illuminates something to you in a certain scripture, and it's like this is really speaking to you, this is really talking to you. Don't just say, "Oh wow, that's cool," and then move on. Go study those key words and find out what they mean then meditate on it then study other parallel passages in scripture study those things that are going to cause you to grow none of this is rocket science but the reality is is that if more Christians would do these things we'd have stronger churches we'd have less church hopping we'd have fewer people with demons because renewing your mind in and of itself by the washing of the water of the word will cause a lot of those demons that have oppressed you to flee <laughs> How about this get an inductive study Bible my grandfather when I first got saved gave me his inductive study Bible you know Kay Arthur I used to like to watch her when I first got saved she she came up with this concept of the inductive study Bible is observation interpretation and application as many people read the word and they have no idea how what it really means what it's really saying they have no idea that's why study Bibles became so popular So this helps you press into what the Bible is saying, what it really means, and how to actually apply it to your life. See, it's the application of the word that actually changes you. The renewing of your mind is good, but then if you renew your mind and don't actually do what you've learned, you just regress. This is why you see so many yo-yo Christians, because they'll go for a season doing the right thing, but then something happens, maybe they go through a trial, and the word that was sown didn't yet take root, therefore it's uprooted, and they're then back where they started. The cycle has continued because they don't understand, they don't know how to apply it when the trial comes. And so many of us are so good at telling everybody else what to do when we when they get into trial because we know the word we can give you 12 scriptures to deal with fear and five scriptures to deal with forgiveness but then when we have fear or we're getting bitter we don't seem to know how to apply those same verses that we like to pair to everybody else we have to apply the word to our life but we can't do that if we don't really understand it now let's stick on this we're eating good today don't just study anything in the Bible you want to get strong you want you want to grow study in the area where you need to grow if you're struggling in the area of finances study what the Bible says about money if you're studying in if you're if you're struggling to walk in love study love study God's character study God's emotions study in the area that's don't just randomly study You know, sometimes yearly Bible reading plans could be good, but if that keeps you from pressing into an area where you're struggling, where you need growth, where you need to gird up the loins of your mind, then you're studying the wrong thing. And this is really important. Here's one. Read Christian books that are not the Bible. Read Christian books that are not the Bible. Why? Because when we read Christian books, we, we are basically in a way it's like a shortcut number one you're getting the perspective of somebody who has been through things you have not or been through similar things you're dealing with they have wisdom and experience you have not yet attained and they're consolidating scriptures and an emphasis on a specific topic that you're trying to study so again you know if you're if you're if you're trying to grow your faith then study Kenneth Hagin books he's got great stories great illustrations and these things inspire faith in you you're dealing with some spiritual warfare Go out to the bookstore and get one of my books on you dealing with Jezebel. Study Jezebel. Don't just, uh, but but get books that have experiences and, and victory stories, testimonies mixed with scripture so that you can be inspired, that you too can overcome. Number five. Number six, rather, share and discuss what you're learning with others. Share and discuss what you are learning with others. This is why you need to be. In a life group, you might not have a workplace where you can share and discuss what you're learning with others. Maybe your, uh, your employer would not take too kindly to this sort of thing. Like I said, I've always worked in, in you know, Christian arenas, or I've always been uh, working uh, on staff at churches, so I've always had plenty of opportunity to share. But studies show that actually sharing what you've learned shores up that truth in you. That when you begin to share it, you actually get more revelation. When you begin to, to explain it to people, you're, you're better able to, to articulate what you yourself believe. It, it benefits you as much as it benefits them. So get in one of our life groups or help us start a new one. We've got a couple. We'll tell you about those later. Be a duo. I talked about this. Be a doer of the word you hear. So you get stronger when you walk in the word. When you walk in the word, when you walk in the light that you have, you get stronger. You get weaker when you disobey the word. It weakens you. It puts you in a weakened state. Listen, if I don't, let's, let's um, you put it this way. If I, don't, if I don't study the Bible for about a week, I feel weak. I can, I can, I can, Like, I'll be traveling. Let's say I'm going to uh, Nigeria or somewhere and it's a 36 hour flight. I'm not getting to do my normal devotions. I'm not getting, I might read a script, but I'm not getting to do that. I can survive. But if I go about a week, I'm getting kind of crusty. I'm not as nice as I was before. All of a sudden I'm getting a little, uh, I'm getting a little, uh, I'm getting mad at people cutting me in line again. Oh, I've regressed. See, we need the word walking in the word that we know makes us stronger. Or if we don't walk in the word, then we get weaker. And if we want to walk in the word, we need to stay in the word because it's the word itself that makes us stronger. This is the foundation of our life. Jesus is the word made flesh. James 1 and 22, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving yourselves. And then James 2 and 26, faith without works is dead, being alone. Number eight, attend corporate prayer meetings. You want to grow, grow stronger in the spirit? Attend corporate prayer meetings. But I pray at home. That's awesome. Attend corporate prayer meetings. There is a, a principle in prayer that you not only, you, can, you know, prayer can be caught and prayer can be taught. And it's good to be taught how to pray. We need teaching on prayer. But there's something about being in a corporate anointing where you catch the spirit of prayer. Where you just, there's just a, there's, there's a, you know, one can put a thousand a flight, two can put ten thousand a flight. We're in a corporate prayer meeting. This is how you learn how to pray at higher levels. We were just in Charlotte. Uh, at the Awakening House of Prayer in Charlotte last week. And there's these three older ladies. I'm not sure how old they are. They, they must be near, near, near 70. They're older than me. Um, and, and they, 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 uh, we were, I, I, was saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll be out by nine o'clock tonight because I've got to do the 6 a.m. prayer call. We'll be out by nine. Well, these three ladies and that they've, they're, they're old school intercessors. They're the kinds that are just, if they if they grab hold of something, they're not letting go until they see the breakthrough. And these ladies prayed till 11:30 at night. They prayed me under the table, and I can pray. They prayed me under the table. These were all, but see, I caught something in that. I caught something. So, when you're around other people in a corporate anointing, in that prayer meeting, you catch something that you don't have. You, you, you partake, you get bolder. And so, we need to come to corporate prayer meetings. And we do have corporate prayer meetings on Monday night and Friday night. We'd like to start more. And this is not a pitch for you to start one or come to one, but I'm telling you, it'll help you. Here's one. Number nine pray the word. Pray the word. When you pray the word, you hear yourself praying and it builds faith in your heart you grow spiritually when you're praying the word. the Bible says in 1st John 1st John 5 and 14 that if we, we, we if we pray anything according to his will he hears us and we know that if he hears us we have that which we've asked of him what we have to understand is his word is his will so when we pray the word we're praying his will And we're building our faith and we're growing stronger because the more contact we have with the word, the stronger that we get. The more contact we have with the spirit, the stronger we get. Which brings me to number 10, pray in the spirit. Jude 20. Jude 20 says, praying, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. We're to pray in the spirit. And if you've not been baptized in the spirit today, we want to make sure you get baptized in the spirit today because it changes everything. It changes everything. You're much stronger. Listen, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. But but getting but being born again, you get a you get a measure of the Spirit. When you're when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get dunked, you get submersed it's a difference between pouring a little bit of water in a cup and pouring it till it just overflows and spills out all over the place this is what we want we want to be baptized in the spirit so we can be faithful witnesses but so that we have the strength to be faithful witnesses praying in the spirit will cause you to grow it'll also cause you to your flesh to get crucified see y'all didn't like that it's like all the anointing just left the room did you feel that Ingrid it was bad Wait till I get to the fasting part. I don't really get you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number 11, cultivate, cultivate intimacy with God. God is the source of our strength. The more time we spend with him, the closer we get to him, the stronger we'll be. We need to get in his presence and practice his presence. There was a monk from the 15th century named Brother Lawrence, and he wrote this book called Practicing the Presence of God. And I've had a number of copies of that and marked it up and given it away. And just because it's such, it's just, it, it it'll convict you. But he was like a factory worker. And he was a monk and he just worked in the factory. And all day long, he just practiced the presence of God. Just talked to the Lord. That's how we get stronger. That's how we cultivate an ear to hear. That's one of the ways. So we need to, to, to press into that. He is the source of our strength. You know, Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. But we have to understand that it's not just joy that we can tap into when we're in his presence. In his presence is fullness of peace. In his presence is fullness of whatever you need. He is our provider. He has everything. He lacks nothing. Whatever we need, we can get it. But we've got to get close enough to him to reach out our hand and receive it. By faith, we've got to draw near. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you here's one come to church regularly corporate worship helps you break through it helps you break through fellowshipping is vital to your spiritual growth it's absolutely it's one of the pillars the seven pillars of the church is fellowship And Hebrews 10:25 says do not forsake the assembling of yourself together we're, we're, we need each other turn to your neighbor say I need you some of y'all are like uh... Think I can do fine by myself. No, we need each other. We do. We need each other. We, we need to be accountable to each other. The Bible says, submit yourself one to another. And so we need each other. We need that discipline. We need that accountability. Look, when, when some of you aren't here who are members, and even some of you that are regular visitors, when you're not here, I know, I see you. Even with these bright lights shining in my face, I see that you're not here. And I'm asking about you. I'm looking for you because we care we need each other here's one exercise your faith when you exercise anything it gets stronger when you exercise anything it gets strong you got to exercise it look I've got a lot more of these and I'll have to share them another time but I want to talk to you from my heart for just a minute we need to in the time that we're entering into be strong in the spirit We cannot afford anymore to put off studying the word, to put off prayer, to put off church, to put these things off. If you go to China right now, there is mass persecution in the church, across Asia. In Nigeria, they are killing Christians. Are you aware of this? It's been all over the news. They're being murdered for their faith. Now, I pray to God, and I'm not trying to scare you, although if it puts the fear of the Lord in you, that's a positive thing. I'm not trying to scare you but sooner or later there's going to be a generation that comes into the end times sooner or later there is going to be a generation that is here when the Lord Jesus Christ returns and that generation is going to have to deal with a lot of stuff the rise of darkness Isaiah says great darkness and great light will shine at the same time and we need to get strong if, if for no other reason than that, we, ha- we do not want to be not Awakening House of Prayer, but the body of Christ. We do not want to be lukewarm believers. We don't want to be lackadaisical. We don't want to be people who just come into a church to punch our membership card in case we ever have a trouble we can get help we don't that's not we want to be on fire for God I don't know about you but I'm on fire and I want you to be on fire I want you to grow and to, right now though I just thank you Lord in the name of Jesus that you released upon us a hunger for your spirit and a hunger for your word God give us the gift of hunger God I just break off complacency from our souls all of those things that get in the way when we try to press into your word God we push them back. God, give us the strength even now to press into everything you've called us to do. Oh Lord, you've made us great and precious promises. God, you have made us great and precious promises and we know there is more. We know there's more God. We know there's more, a more abundant life. There's somebody in here. I wish I could see who you are and you're not living an abundant life. You being attacked you are being criticized you are being persecuted and I break that off you right now in Jesus name we push back the slander we push back the gossip in the name of Jesus oh God would you fill us with your spirit right now to flowing. God, help us. We want to grow. We want to change. We yield to you. God, in the name of Jesus, we want to go wherever you're going to take us for your glory, because we are not content to be average Christians. When you've called us to be more than conquerors, we are not content to be barely getting by when you've given us the power to create wealth. We are not content with just meddling along, just walking along. We want to walk in the supernatural God. So help us to grow up help us Lord to do what it takes to get what you've given us in the spirit God help us today to really really go after it because it's there it's there it's there Saints anything that you need and anything that you want it is there for you it's a matter of doing what it takes to get it and it's not works it's the spiritual discipline it's the reading the word, the praying in the spirit, all the things that you probably already know, but maybe, just maybe, aren't doing them consistently enough to get the breakthrough that you want to see. Listen, we all fall short of the glory of God every day. But there is grace for growth in this season. And I want to share a testimony from someone that's in our second service. She's not here, but she gave me this. No, I she, she gave Prophet. She, you're not, she's not here, is she? No she'll be here second service but she gave prophet Vanessa this note and I think next week I might talk about because um, I'm going to a conference on Thursday I'll be back Friday uh, it's a, a business conference so a Christian conference but it's about um, finances and I believe I'm gonna minister on finances next week How to get fi- grace for financial growth but here uh, Susan Anderson she's in our second service uh, Susan Anderson she says testimony praise report she said this week now she sowed a seed several weeks ago in the offering and I don't know how much the seed was I didn't ask but we, we encourage people to sow because that's how you get financial breakthrough that's one way you you, you, you get financial breakthrough for, from from working hard from obeying God but there's some times when you need to name your seed and plant the seed for what you want to get. For example, a farmer doesn't plant apple seeds and expect to get corn. He knows when he plants the seed what's going to come up out of the ground. And so if you're really zeroing in in faith on something, you need to, to, to name your seed when you plant it. Now, here she, she, she named a seed uh, for debt cancellation uh, several weeks ago. And uh, she sent a note. She wants. I'm sure she'll testify this afternoon. But she said this week... God wiped out almost $125,000 of medical debt. Wow. Praise God, completely written off. Isn't that awesome? Amen. There's grace for growth. And this is good ground right here. People are seeing financial breakthrough left and right. Yet most people who walk through the doors still sow nothing. And that doesn't matter to me because my bills are paid and all of our debt is free here. We have no debt. But it bothers me for you because there's grace for growth. And if you don't sow, you can't reap it's just a spiritual law it's not me cursing you it's not me condemning you it's me wanting to see you be financially free my heart for my church is to see all of you debt-free I am debt-free so that anointing for debt in this is flowing down from the head but I didn't get out of debt by not sowing I got out of debt by sowing even when I didn't feel like I could I remember uh, the first time I sewed a thousand dollars and I just about had a heart attack because to me, you know, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, as a single mother, that was a lot of money. I was making good money by that time, but that was a lot of money. And then I remember several years ago, five, maybe five years ago, the Lord told me to sow $10,000 to a certain ministry. And I said, I bind you, devil. And the Lord said, you can't bind me. See, sometimes the Lord will tell us to sow something. We'll think, is the devil trying to rob from us? The, 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 even if the devil did tell you to sow $10,000 and you sowed it, you're still going to get a harvest. The devil's never going to tell you to sow anything. The devil's always going to tell you don't give. The devil's always going to say, you're not going to be able to get that milkshake if you give that $5. And what bothers me is all the people I see in churches and conferences around the world, they don't, I see them. They don't sow. But then afterwards, when my host takes me out for dinner they're there with a grand feast and so don't eat your seed be obedient give as the Lord compels you to give if you want financial breakthrough you need to sow a breakthrough seed it's not the time to eat your seed and the Bible does say that we're not to come before the Lord without an offering so I want everyone to get a seed in their hand and if you feel manipulated just go ahead and leave now I'm not manipulating you. I'm trying to get break, trying to get you breakthrough I want everybody to get a seed and I want you to sow what God tells you to sow so that you can have what God wants you to have some of you in here I know for a fact the reason why you're you're walking in lack is because you never give you come to church and you sit and you stare and you don't even say amen you're not even sowing a prayer and that's why you're not getting breakthrough others of you are on the verge of breakthrough you've been sowing 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 and there's gonna be a seed that just tips over the bowl and you're gonna get your harvest some of you are like the woman Susan who's named her seed and sowed it and got a $125,000 breakthrough within two weeks you get to pick who you're going to be today to some degree by your obedience to the Lord. You give what God tells you to give. If you need an envelope for a credit card, uh, the ladies will pass those out. Um, uh, if you're, if you're giving a check, you don't need an envelope. We just copy those for the records. And if you're using text to give,
0: you can use that. And if you're using cash app, you can use dollar sign awakening hop. Father, we just thank you for the truth of the word. We thank you, Father God, that, uh, this word is your word, Lord God, and it is sound and it is solid. Lord God, it has come to break through. And Lord, I pray that each heart today, Lord God, receives that breakthrough that you have uh, claimed that you've called, Lord God. I thank you that we can sow into your word. We can sow into your kingdom, Lord God, and we can receive what you have back for us, Father God. We thank you for all of the blessings of heaven, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the truth that you are a good, good father and you always provide. Father, and I just thank you, Lord God, for each one here who sows out of a heart of abundance, who sows because they love you, who sows and gives because they want to honor you and worship you, Lord God. And so I ask you, Lord, to bless them, each one, bless them and all of their things and all their family, Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. So if you have your gifts and your offering, come and bring them and bring your offerings it says bring your offerings so come and bring your offerings and expect to receive in jesus this has been a production of the awakening podcast network jennifer leclerc is the founder and owner of APN. our heart is to inspire people and exalt jesus with every broadcast we're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible